eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the late afternoon on a Saturday in October. You wake up on your couch having dozed off during halftime of Illinois versus Purdue. You reach out to the coffee table, grasping for your phone so you can find out what you missed during your nap. And you open up Twitter and see your timeline flooded with the hashtag college kickers. In that instant, you already know the horrible truth of what has happened. Somewhere across the country, a team needed three points to take the game to overtime or win it outright in the dying seconds. So they called upon their kicker, a guy in his late teens or early 20s who steps on his scale every morning and sees a number half as large as what some of his teammates see on theirs. And then, with 80,000 sets of eyes fixed on him and only him, the kicker drove his foot through the ball. And for a few hopeful milliseconds, it looked bound for the uprights. But at the moment of truth... It veered just to the left or just to the right, or even worse, it didn't even have enough leg on it to clear the crossbar. The TV cameras lingered on the kicker as he slunked off the field with his shoulders slumped while his teammates walked up to pat him on the helmet in a show of consolation. And in that same moment, fans and sports writers opened their phones and laptops and, like factory workers setting the days since last accident sign back to zero, they tweeted the hashtag CollegeKickers. Good morning. It's Tuesday, March 24th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and today we're finally getting around to a story I've been wanting to do for months, an entire episode about college kickers, why we expect so much of them, why they let us down so often, and why their failure has its own hashtag. I went digging to try to find the very first use of the college kickers hashtag. The first instance came on September 2nd, 2011 from someone tweeting from the handle VT makes it look easy. This person said season just started and there's been a lot of missed extra points. Hashtag college kickers. There were a total of 11 more college kickers tweets through the rest of the 2011 season, but none of them seemed to coalesce around a single kick. That is, until January 2nd, 2012. More on that later. The 2012 regular season was when the movement really took off, powered largely by Adam Kramer, who writes about college football for Bleacher Report. I wanted to understand more about how this hashtag started and the spirit in which it was tweeted, so I gave Adam a call. So, yeah, Adam, like like I was telling you over Twitter, um, I was kind of searching, like, when was the very first instance of people using the hashtag college kickers. And I 
I mean, you weren't, you definitely weren't the very first person to ever do it, but I think in terms of like a big, a big account with some reach, uh, you were certainly kind of leading the charge there. Is that how, is that how you remember it? Or do you remember other, like, do you remember like where this doing that when people miss field goals came from? No, it actually brings a smile to my face uh, hearing that quite honestly, because I'm not, uh, I'm not one to claim internet uh, ownership. Uh, it's kind of funny. I remember, I remember seeing it though. And it's, um, you know, I've, I've always said this about college football and, and I, the reason I love it is how perfectly imperfect it is. Right. It is not always clean. Uh, if you watch like a, a Tuesday night Mac game, um, something, something stupid. And I mean that in a charming and endearing way is going to happen. And I've always been kind of drawn into it. So college kickers, the whole, the whole theme, the whole vibe, the whole hashtag, played in perfectly to that because it was just, um, it was, it was kind of like a movement, right? And it, and one of the things that I, I love about Twitter, and there's a lot of things, of course, that we can all say we, we don't necessarily care about. It is in these very live, important moments, especially in the college football world or whatever group you kind of align with. There's these specific moments that people, you know, the more this, these things are said, the more they're typed, the more they, the more traction they get, the more they spread. And, and college kickers, I think, is something that that fit and has sort of endured as well. I, I've I've talked to some kicking specialists and people that like coach kickers for this, and the reaction I got was kind of uh, bristling at the term and feeling like it was a negative thing, but I. I would guess that you would say like it's not really meant in the spirit of negativity. It it feels I, I'm not quite sure what words to use to describe it, but it feels a little more I don't know lighthearted than that. I guess I, I've actually talked to coaches too. I, I forget the instance, but I had one coach like kind of uh, like kind of get into me, lighthearted, but get into me for something I'd said about their kicker. I ended up doing a story about them actually now that I think about it. So yeah, like if you think about it at its core, what college kickers is, it's like young people failing spectacularly at their jobs. And and by the way, being a kicker is is just like a thankless it's as thankless of a, a role, I think, as you have in sports. Um unless it's some fifty, sixty yard kick and you've seen that a few times, um you know, a true freshman comes out there and bangs a 55-yarder. It's like, wow, that's spectacular. But for the most part, a kicker's job is to just do their job. And if they do it, there's really not an applause to that. So, yes, at its core, college kickers, you feel for these kickers. These are young people who um, just are completely out there. And when they miss, it is, it is something, of course, that is probably deeply personal and hard on them. But you're not... You're not, the, the hashtag itself is not like an individual jag. I think it's more of a, a celebration of college football's sort of randomness, and or, or really not randomness, but this is why we, we do love the sport, and that's kind of an odd thing to say. Um, you know, again, it's why I'm drawn to college football over the NFL, is because if you watch kicking the NFL, for the most part, it is a formality. It's why they're moving back extra points. It's uh, heck, the XFL got rid of it <laughs> because it was so boring. But in college, like a 23-yarder, you feel like something may happen. And, you know, is that a good thing? Probably not for the people who have to kick it. But I think from an entertainment standpoint, it does relate largely to why why the sport can be so captivating. So I, 
I went back and I tried to find, was there, could I, could I map the first kind of mass use of college kickers onto a specific moment? And I was really surprised that I think that I, I think I was able to, um, it, as far as I can tell, like there's a scattering here and there, like one person popping off in like 2009, a couple more in like 2010. But like the first moment where it felt like a community was coming together was the 2012 Fiesta Bowl. It's actually Andrew Luck and Brandon Whedon's last game. And the Stanford kicker misses the the very first Stanford drive of the game, ends in a missed field goal, a, a missed he missed on their final drive of regulation and and then again in overtime and Oklahoma State eventually ended up winning. I, do you have any recollection, of, kind of a stab in the dark, but do you have any recollection of that game in particular? I, I, have, I have some, like kind of like uh, gray out, uh, represent, like I'm thinking about the game. I know what game you're talking about, but not really, which I, I kind of love, by the way. Um, that this is all sort of a blur where these things, that's like a movement, how movements start in sort of the, the dark. Um, so no, not, not, not honestly, I, I know the game you're referring to, but like in terms of the actual like kick itself and where it kind of started, I quite honestly do not. And at, and even talking to you about where it begins, um, it's become such a regular usage during the season now, right? It's sort of, it's along with like a, you know, fat guy touchdown, something right. I, you know, I've tweeted about when a large man does something great, it is celebrated. This is actually the, the, um, the weird, you know, uncle version of that, because it's not positive. You're not celebrating something, even though you kind of are. So no, that, that kick itself or that game itself, um, sort of hazy to me. Not surprising though. I've watched entirely too much football. <laughs> yeah. I think at a certain point, like individual games and individual players, it's like, I don't really see them. I'm like just like seeing the matrix kind of, and it just like, you know. <laughs> but you do know, like, uh, you know, you think back to just specific moments. I mean, there were a couple, couple instances like last year with like, you know, 22, 20, I mean, missed extra points to, to tie and lose. I think we saw that a couple times, like during the season, like, you know, as, as like athletes become, you know, bigger, faster, stronger across the board. Um, this is not something, I mean, look at Alabama and look at that, that. They are the, you know, still the pinnacle of what you want to build your program. But, and yet, if you were going to write this book on college kickers, the hashtag, you probably have a, a, that's where you start is an Alabama kicker yanking the ball, you know, left or right of the goalpost or hitting the goalpost more spectacularly, you know? So that's kind of the, the, the fascinating part of this is even the most elite thing that this sport has is not immune to this. In fact, they are essentially writing the book on college kickers. Yeah. Do you think like Alabama's ineptitude at kicking has kind of like spurred this on to be like, do you think maybe the kick six in particular had like a role in kind of making this a, a thing where, you know, now it's just kind of ubiquitous. I, and I've seen some data, uh, data over the years and yes, the kick six was so unbelievably you know, such a robust play that that had to have added to it because I don't know if we've seen a play like that in college football ever. I mean, that would just felt surreal. It felt like a, a movie script you you bash because it was too unrealistic. But you even look at the numbers, and, and I remember looking at this last year of kicks in the fourth quarter and of a certain amount, championship games, 
Um, the Iron Bowl, I mean, it's not just and, – and, you know, they signed the best kicker in the country last year who's got a, a booming leg and is probably going to be really good and um, maybe is the antidote to all this. But it, beyond just the moments being large, it's uh, – it, they've had a history of it. And this is 10 years, 10 years of just inconsistency. Um, so I think part of that is just actual data that says, you know, Alabama has really struggled to um, – all these things, but you're right, the larger than life moments like these, again, multiple situations in the Iron Bowl um, and, and, and title games, you know, moments that, like, when you talk about remembering, you know, these specific plays, you do remember those because they're just in, in games that are, are really hard to forget. All right, Adam. Well, is there anything else about college kickers that you want to get off your chest or you think we didn't cover? I, I really appreciate you doing this. I will say, like you feel for the kickers, but like this is really why part of the reason to drew me into college football is so many people watch a missed field goal. And it's also like the simplest, most ridiculous hashtag, right? Like this is like a hashtag, like vanilla ice cream. If somehow that made sense, it's like <laughs> college kicker, right? Like it's yeah, simple. It's just a noun. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know if you didn't have any idea what it meant. You, you would have no idea what you're reading. Okay, college kickers. So the fact that this has become kind of a, a, a Twitter mainstay is, is, is awesome to me. And uh, I'm sure there's, there's going to be more of these moments, a lot more, in the foreseeable future. I'm sure it will live on quite, quite well. All right, Adam. Thanks, man. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. They're going to try a field goal? It's Adrian Griffin. Griffith, who is one for two tonight. Very little wind. What small amount there is, is at his back. On the way. No, returned by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis has another block. Chris Davis. No flags. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. I have to confess, even though I understand and relate to the sentiment behind hashtag college kickers, sometimes I bristle at seeing it populate my timeline. Okay, college kickers. Compared to what? NFL kickers? Yeah, I mean, on average, college kickers are going to be worse than NFL kickers. NFL kickers are, by definition, a college kickers all-star team. And while college kickers are in college, they're about a decade away from reaching the age when the best NFL kickers enter their prime. Nor does it help that most colleges don't dedicate nearly enough resources to identifying the best kickers, recruiting them onto their teams, and then getting the most out of them once they're on campus. Nowhere is this problem better encapsulated than in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Even though Nick Saban's dynasty defined the last decade of college football, rarely could the Crimson Tide fans rest assured that their kicker wouldn't doink a makeable kick in a big moment. 
In fact, since Saban took over in 2007, Alabama has missed 101 field goal attempts, which is eight more misses than any other FBS team. But despite their struggles, behind the scenes, Alabama has started to take their place kicking very seriously. So I talked to Travis Ryer of Bama Online and the Built by Bama Online podcast about how hashtag Bama kickers became its own subset of hashtag college kickers and what steps the Crimson Tide have taken to leave their decade of place kicking ineptitude in the past. Joining us now on the College Football Daily is Travis Ryer, longtime analyst of Alabama football for BamaOnline.com. Travis, so over the years, hashtag Bama kickers has been its own unique subset of hashtag college kickers. I mean, does this trace back to the pick or the kick six, or is that kind of where this kind of perception that Alabama really had problems with the kickers originated? You know, it's interesting, Connor, because there was a time, a stretch, really, uh, not too long ago in which Alabama had some really good place kickers. You can go back to Van Tiffen in the mid-80s. Philip Doyle sort of followed him there in the late 80s into the early 1990s and they were in a really good situation for an extended stretch and look they've had some slip-ups in place kicking you know 2006 one of the games that essentially helped get Mike Shula fired and Nick Saban hired at Alabama was the game in Arkansas where they had an absolute meltdown in their place kicking and you know Lee Tiffin was a freshman at that time well four years later Three seasons later, he's an All-American in 2009. So, you know, there have been instances where it's been a mixed bag, even within the careers of certain kickers at Alabama. But they've had their stretch of difficulties. There's no doubt about it. Uh, They've tried a number of different things. They've also had some bad luck on the recruiting trail. You can go back to the summer of 2016. They had Eddie Pinheiro committed. You know, he was set to go to Alabama. Well, he flipped to UF. So they've had some issues where they've had the right guy identified at times. Uh, but then there have been also uh, situations where, for whatever reason, uh, they weren't able to get that kicker in the boat. Now, you look at the kicker at Florida right now, McPherson, who is so good for the Gators. That one's painful if you're an Alabama fan because you're talking about a guy that is from right up the road in Fort Payne, Alabama. So <laughs> you've had some guys right underneath your nose sort of get away from you in the past as well. Evan McPherson been very good for for Dan Mullen in UF. So like even allowing for, okay, we, we missed on some guys, there's still like a part of my brain that would expect, well, when when an Alabama running back gets injured or uh, maybe there's a missed evaluation. Like there's always a guy right, right behind them. So, I mean, and I just kind of imagine that maybe there would be a world where like the best kickers in the world are like, well, man, I want to go play for the team that is competing for championships every year. And like Alabama, the Alabamas of the world would seem to be just like fighting off uh, the the best kickers, but it, it doesn't really seem to work that way at any school Really, I mean, the like distribution of uh, Bolitnikov winners and it's kind of like, it, yeah, it, it's tough because you're restricted by numbers. You know, it's not like wide receiver where you play more than one. So you're going to have six or seven or eight on scholarship. You know, we're still getting to a point and still not quite to a point where every program feels totally comfortable scholarshiping 
a kicker coming out of high school. You know, you're still seeing programs that depend more upon the walk-on pool to sort of reveal, you know, that specialist, whether it's a punter, whether it's a kicker, whether it's a long snapper. Alabama across the board, whether it's punter, kicker, long snapper, Alabama is scholarshiping guys. You can't say that Alabama's skimping when it comes to the numbers. Um, they, they've had some. And here's the thing, too, Connor. What do we remember most about kickers? Kind of like umpires, right? When they miss one, that's what we remember. You know, with Adam Griffith, we don't really recall the onside kick against Clemson in the national championship game in Glendale that was absolutely perfectly executed. We remember Marlon Humphrey catching that right in front of Dabo Sweeney, right? But we don't really think about too much how much skill went into putting that kick where Adam Griffith put it. Also, we don't remember Adam Griffith in that same year making five field goals against Auburn. What we remember are the catastrophes like Adam Griffith, uh, on the kick six. Well, Adam Griffith still ended up having a pretty good career for Alabama, but you know, that's kind of how we're conditioned with kickers too. And you know, Alabama's had some bad luck as recent as last fall, you know, got it right. Everybody said Alabama got it right in signing Will Reichard, the nation's top kicking prospect from just up the road at Hoover high school, both as a kicker and as a punter. And it looked like it was going to play out that way. Well, uh, Will Reichard has a misfire, back in September on a kickoff, injures his hip, and he's essentially out for the season. So, you know, there's been some things outside of Alabama's control and fairness to to Nick Saban and his staff that they haven't been able to quite control. I can tell you this, you know, I know that, you know, there's some kicking coaches out there and specialists in the industry that have sort of taken a few shots at Alabama in terms of how it goes about handling the situation. And, and I think there was a time where that that was maybe at least somewhat fair, but in recent years, Nick Saban has brought in uh, analysts like Joe Houston last year. Joe Houston is a former USC kicker. And so he has a background as a Power 5 kicker. Brought him in as an analyst just to work with kickers and analyze the mm-hmm. kicking situation. Um, he has since moved on to the New England Patriots now as an assistant special teams coordinator. Jeff Banks, the current special teams coach at Alabama. He was a two-time all-pack 12 punter at Washington State. So this guy has a very real understanding of specialists and punters and kickers. So I think there's been an upgrade, certainly, in the approach in recent years. I think if you want to bang on Alabama, if I were going to pick at one area of Alabama where I'm not a big fan of the field goal extra point operation, it's that the quarterback is still a mainstay in that. Not just a backup quarterback either. The starting quarterback a lot of times is the holder in that operation. And you say, well, what's the big deal? You're just holding. Well, no, it is a big deal. You know, you see a lot of places, you see a lot of systems in the NFL and other places where you have another specialist holding for the kicker. And that's important because you're able to rep that every day that you kick. You know, your quarterbacks are working with the quarterbacks and the offense. So their time spent with kickers isn't what it would be if you had, say, a punter or a backup kicker or a kickoff specialist doing the holding. I know we're going deep on all this, probably deeper than we ever imagined, <laughs> but I think I think we are at the point where we got to go a few layers in to kind of get into this situation in Tuscaloosa. Sure. And do you think that those recent changes that Alabama have made to kind of dedicate some kicking experts to, to, to being on the coaching staff, is that 
are they kind of ahead of the curve there? It kind of seems like by and large, there's still kind of a tendency to kind of use your special teams coach position as, well, well let's just stash a recruiter here and let let the kickers kind of like figure it out on their own. Sure. Yeah, I think in a lot of years previously, if you had before it, the staffs went to 10 assistants on the field and you had nine and the head coach, you probably didn't have anybody on a staff that really understood kicking, you know, in terms of just first and foremost, the technique involved, why kicks go wrong, making adjustments, things like that. That's before we even get into the mindset and the psyche of kickers that that so many people like to sort of try to address. But, you know, I, I do. I think Alabama, in the era of the analyst, Alabama, I would think, has to be one of the few at this point that has incorporated an individual with legitimate kicking experience in his background. So uh, it's not like Nick Saban has absolutely you know, stood pat on this issue. And, you know, it, you can talk about the evaluation process. Well, there was an era where a lot of this was dependent upon kicking services, the kicking coaches and, you know, Sailor and Corn Blue and, and a lot of them that are great throughout the years, traditionally great at what they do in terms of, you know, developing kicking talent and conducting camps around the country and, and things like that. A lot of the programs were dependent upon those entities to sort of figure out their kickers for them. In other words, you had a stretch where, a long stretch where, you know, whether it was Sailor, whether it was Corn Blue, whether it was Coles, you know, these reputable kicking, uh, you know, uh, coaches and, and outlets, they would literally come in in the summers and conduct the specialist camps for these schools. And so, you know, that was kind of the 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 route that that schools took because on staff you just didn't really have that individual that really understood it. Well. At Alabama here in the last couple of years, for sure, you've had more of those types that are right there on staff on a daily basis and can help with the evaluation process, with the day-to-day process, the developmental process. And, you know, sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. It really isn't unlike any other position from that standpoint. Look at it this way. Look at the four years Alabama had with J.K. Scott as a punter. They go out, they sign another punter, and Skylar DeLong, who – in every way imaginable, looks like the carbon copy of J.K. Scott. And for whatever reason, it hasn't really worked out with Skylar DeLong to this point. So, you know, I I do think there's an extent to what you can reasonably do. uh, And then you just don't know, just like any other position, you just don't know until you put that guy in that spot with 100,000 people in the stadium and, and the lights on. All right, Travis, getting really into the weeds here. I absolutely love it. Is there any other <laughs> aspect of this whole situation that, that that we missed or that you think people get wrong when they talk about hashtag Bama kickers? No, again, I think it goes, I mean, look, the failures have been on the biggest stages, right? I mean, this is kind of what comes with consistently being in that mix for national championships. So, a lot of times uh, when there has been snafus or mishaps, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's involved the, the kicking game because, you know, when you think about it, there hadn't been a lot of times when Alabama in this run over the last decade plus when it has lost games where it's been blown out. So what does that mean? 
you know, they're typically close games and typically close games come down to kicks. And, you know, Alabama's had some misfortune in that area. But, you know, I think it's fair to point out, too, that some of these guys have delivered in some pretty big spots. Uh, just not so much maybe in the in the last few years for the liking of of Alabama fans. So Alabama's taking some steps in the right direction by taking up the novel idea of letting the kicking experts coach the kickers. But even in the NFL, that's still very much the exception, not the rule. Here's Brandon Cornblue, former Michigan kicker and founder of Cornblue Kicking, one of those camps Travis Ryer mentioned earlier. When you look at the NFL right now, um, two years ago, there were only three NFL teams that had a, a specific kicking coach. This past year, there were six. So you've got, you know, 26 other teams that don't. And so I think that same mentality is alive in the, in the college world as well, where they just, programs just don't have coaches that, that understand kicking well enough to be able to maximize the, the talent they have or, or recruit, you know, the right talent. So um, when that happens, you're just not going to have the same kind of performance. So, you know, the Baltimore Ravens have, have the past, you know, number of years had a specific kicking coach and, and it's the same guy and they, and he's been able to um, create a, um, a great chemistry with the snapper, the holder and the, and the place kicker. And they've, because of that, they've had production year after year. That's better than, um, anybody in the country that all starts from the top with the head coach, John Harbaugh, who understands he's a special teams guy, puts effort into that, uh, puts time and, and energy and finances into that. And the results are there. So, but unfortunately most programs do not. And so even though they say that they value special teams and that's a third of the game or more, it's, it's really it's lip service because very often, uh, most of the time they just, it's, it's not, it's not what happens when you put that into practice. And, and so I think there's starting to be a little bit of a trend to, to, to increasing that a little bit more, but it's still behind where, where it could be and should be. In a situation where a kid, a, a kid is at a school and they've just kind of, they're kind of using their special teams coach position as a way to like get in a ACE recruiter who like maybe was a linebacker or whatever. And like in those situations, like what does the kicker at a school like that do for like guidance about how he gets better at his craft? Does he call up guys like you that he has a relationship with outside or? That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're basically on their own. Uh, and that's, and that's the reason why our camps exist. I mean, it's when I, 20 years ago when I was coming through high school, like there weren't, all these kicking coaches and camps out there. It was, it was just one or two main ones. And, and that was it. There was no, there wasn't an industry for, for kicking camps. And so there's, they have come about because there's a need and because the colleges and the programs are not hiring kicking coaches. So the only way that you can, you can help a guy and, and, and all kickers understand we need help. We want help just like every other position, every other sport, but, there's not help there. I would say, you know, maybe 5% of, of teams, uh, Division One programs, uh, have a really knowledgeable, um, you know, kicking a punting coach. And so then, but the rest are, are left with a special teams coordinator or, and a special teams analyst or, or assistant that quality control guy who's, 
that that's not their expertise, you know, and it's something that they've kind of been more, um, you know, put in that role, but they, they're the actual, and, and they're, you know, they can be really good at the, the schemes of, of all the rest of special teams, but in terms of the knowledge of, of, uh, you know, how to help a specialist with technique and those kind of things, that's not their, their skill set and their strength. Do you think it might be a good idea to kind of thinking about what we were talking about earlier with the special teams coaches, like, would it be a good idea, do you think, to have a rule that says, you know, the person that occupies that role should maybe have like been a kicker or punter or or, or, or a snapper or some, some level of expertise in, in that, uh, you know, line of work? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it would be helpful. Um, obviously, I don't know how you would enforce that. You know, you've got, um, you know, Charlie Weiss, you know, I had a pretty, pretty uh, successful, you know, coaching career, you know, towards, uh, you know, all the way up until the end there where but he never played football, you know, and there's, there's plenty of coaches like that, you know, so it's, it's tough to say that that, that, that needs to be the, the reason, um, or the, or the, the background that you have in order to be a, a coach, but, you know, in college, you know, they, they, a couple of years ago, gave the 10th uh, positions. You know, they added one, one official coach uh, to the, to the staff. And they still, and everybody was thinking at the time, oh, they're going to, then they're definitely going to add a, you know, a specialist coach or, um, you know, something like that. But, you know, the head coaches just found another, another recruiting assistant or, you know, and filled it with something else. Um, and, uh, and so very few actually used it to help their special team. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a cultural, you know, uh, thing. And, um, and, it, and it's a lot of, um, I, I think it's just going to be one, when everybody's doing it or more people are doing it, then they'll, then they'll start following the trend. But, but they're, you know, as guys are, are productive and effective, you know, they don't see necessarily that, that they have to change it. I want to return now to something that came up earlier, the career arc of Lee Tiffin, who as a freshman missed three field goals and an extra point in an overtime loss to Arkansas, a result that played a role in ending the tenure of Alabama head coach Mike Shula. Tiffin later went on to win a national championship under Nick Saban and was named an AP All-American in his senior season. Tiffin had a remarkably similar trajectory to that of Jordan Williamson, the Stanford kicker who missed three field goals in the 2012 Fiesta Bowl and basically started the hashtag college kickers. Like Tiffin, Williamson's lowest moment came during his freshman season. And like Tiffin, Williamson got the last laugh in the end. To this day, Williamson remains Stanford's career leader in total points scored, but he didn't have to wait until his career was over and tallied up to find redemption. On November 17, 2012, Williamson lined up to kick a 37-yard field goal in overtime of a tied game in Eugene, Oregon, against the number two team in the country. And Jordan Williamson, a sophomore from Austin, Texas, he went to Westwood High School in Austin. Will come on. Here we go. Long enough for sure and good. Stanford takes down Oregon. Williamson made the kick, and the victory ended up being the difference in Stanford winning the Pac-12 North, which enabled Williamson to kick the game-winning field goal in the Pac-12 title game and then deliver the decisive six points 
in the 2013 Rose Bowl. So maybe it's better to understand hashtag college kickers not as an act of affixing a scarlet letter to any one particular kicker for failing to deliver in a big moment, but rather as a celebration of an absurd sport that promotes weightlifting instructors to the position of special teams coach and leaves us with a bunch of nervous freshmen doing their best with little meaningful guidance from the well-paid adults, all in front of a national audience. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.